Oh, thank you all for tuning in to the 291st episode of Barca Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always. I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, IR Radio, SoundCloud, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York, going to have my brother, my guy, Scotty Johnson, on, and we are going to delve into the last couple days of NBA playoff action. Also, by the way, for the next podcast, the Wednesday podcast, me and Scotty, we're going to have our all-NBA teams. We're going to unveil that. So this is going to be a basketball-heavy week, just so everybody knows. Now, before we get to Scotty, I want to say this as always. Thank you if this is your first time listening to the podcast. Subscribe and follow right now. Share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be Reddit threads, Facebook groups, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Daryl Lane. Uh, just type that in. You'll find it there. Also, five to ten minute clips of this podcast will be on there as well. And uh, follow me on Twitter, at NightTrain underscore Lane. And lastly, if uh, you love the podcast, then leave a five-star review and a great comment. And for some odd reason, if you don't like the podcast, then, you know what we always say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And also, lastly, I forgot to, uh, thank you everybody who's tuning in via Elevation Sports. Appreciate you guys for being with us here as well for the Monday podcast. To come next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Scotty Johnson to talk a little bit of the NBA playoffs. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk and we have my brother, my guy, Scotty Johnson with us. Scotty, how you doing, man? We haven't had you on the pod in a while. Feels great to be back, man. It's always a pleasure, like always, man. Just, you know, taking it day by day. So the first thing I want to talk to you, right, so NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grizzlies, the game that just ended. And as we're talking right now, it's 1230 right now, East Coast time for everybody, just so they get an idea. Uh, Grizzlies versus the Utah Jazz. The Grizzlies end up last uh, couple days ago. They beat the Warriors in the play- game, playing game. They beat the Spurs and the Warriors to make the playing game. They're the A seed. They come in. They go to Utah game one and win. And you, Scotty, you're not a fan of Utah. Also, Donovan Mitchell didn't play a single minute in the game. He's still recovering from his ankle injury. Uh, and now Utah's down 0-1 with their best player on the sidelines. How much trouble is Utah in heading into game two? Oh, they ain't in that much trouble. Um, it's a seven-game series, you know. I was just, you know, talking my little fan talk, you know, sports talk off the air. But um, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's over with yet. I don't think they need to press the panic button yet. I feel like they could, they got a good shot, you know. They can still turn it around. So I ain't trying to think too much of it. But you know, it's a plus for Memphis because I got them winning the series. So. But we both know that don't mean, like, you know, a series could turn. Like, anything could happen during a series, and, like, the momentum could shift. So, I feel like they ain't got to be too worried. If Donovan doesn't play, how much does – you think he is going to play at any point during this series? I think he is going to come back at some point during the series. I don't think he's going to play game two. If he played game two, I'd be surprised. But 
by game three. It's gonna be a couple. It's only what it's gonna be on Tuesday or Wednesday. Like that's not like that. You know, it's not like it's a full week. So I don't think he's gonna play. I think at some point he is gonna play, but I don't think they need him to win though. No, you're right. They don't. But I think. I, I think it obviously, like obviously, right? I would say if Donovan Mitchell played and he's healthy, they probably win this game, right? Instead of losing. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's different. You know, it's different from a series going seven games to maybe you win in four games, in five games. Yeah. And, and I think that's the difference. Uh, and I think they also need to get out in the court so he gets his lungs back, he gets his rhythm back, because in the second round they're either going to face the Jazz or the Clippers, and that's not going to be easy. Right. It's just yeah, it's just to see it. But I'm just personally I'm not I'm not too sold on Utah to make it. I feel like whoever they get in the next round they're gonna lose. I don't think they can make it to the conference finals, but that's just me personally. But if they get Donovan Mitchell even if they do get Donovan Mitchell back, they're gonna have to play the Clippers or the Maverick and then eventually probably see at the Lakers or Phoenix and I don't think they can beat either team, so I think they just, you know, it's just one of them years. They had a great regular season, but, you know, we all know what the result going to be. So, Ja, 26-4-4. and four. Are you happy that Josh is kind of getting that chance to be on, on the playoff stage and now we're kind of getting to see how good he really is? Um, Yeah. Um, we could have easily saw him last year. Unfortunately, he lost in, like, the, the, the play-in tournament they had, well, the play-in game they had last year in the bubble. So we, he was a game away last year from, you know, from us seeing it last year. And I'm just glad a lot, not just him either, but a lot of the young talent, you know, like Julius Randle, Trey Young, like Luca, like a lot of the young, even Jason Tatum, like a lot of the young talent is, you know, putting on the show, like in the playoffs. So it's just another way for them to get better. And then like, these are the players we're going to be watching like in the next like five or six years anyway. So, you know, it's, I think the league is in great hands. So now I want to go to the Lakers. They are the seventh seed. They're playing the Phoenix Suns. Uh, LeBron and AD, not the typical uh, dominating performance you would have seen. I, I think, Scotty, and I think you'd probably agree with me on this, the path for the Lakers to win the NBA championship is every time LeBron and AD step on the court, on the court, they're the two best players, right? You agree with that, Scotty? Yeah. And, and that wasn't the case. Devin Booker showed out. He had like 35 points or something like that. Uh, obviously, AD and LeBron, they've been in and out the lineup. LeBron is still recovering from the ankle injury. How concerned are you after game one? I know it's a long series, right? But how concerned are, are you after game one, right? When we're not kind of seeing that. Because right now it's kind of go time. It, it, it's go time. And I think we need to realize Phoenix is a legit team. Like, I don't think the Lakers can just mess around and just F around here and think, oh, we're going to still win it. Like, I, I I think LeBron's gonna have to start getting it back up in gear if they're gonna like you know get this thing where they want it to go. Well, I ain't thinking too much of it just because of the fact that they got LeBron. Um, I don't care how they can go zero for three. I mean, they go down three zero. I'ma still think they they got a shot just because they got LeBron. I've seen LeBron do the impossible, but like this is his first time also like. Playing in the Western Conference and the Western Conference playoffs were like fan, you know what I'm saying? Like traveling and fan like emotions is going to be a part of the game. Like even though it's not a lot of fans in some of these arenas, but watching the Phoenix game, like that arena looked packed. So like that's going to play a factor. You know what I mean? And I just think like it was just you know it was just the first game of the playoffs, and I do think 
this on another note, but I do think him and AD aren't. I don't think they're a hundred percent healthy. I, I think they're still banged up, you know, from the injuries that they had to, that they were um, recovering from. I don't think they're fully a hundred percent because even if you look at them how the way they were playing, they didn't even move like they weren't moving like how they normally move. So I I ain't too concerned just because of LeBron, but that's also because of the body of work I saw from LeBron over the years. But I, I'm I'm not I'm not thinking too much of. It. But I think too a lot of people are under the impression that the Lakers are just going to win because it's 80 and LeBron. Like, Phoenix can get them out, of, can get get them up out of here, right? Like, it won't shock you if Phoenix wins. Yeah, it would. It would? Yeah. Well, how about this, Can Can 80 and LeBron keep playing like this and the Lakers win the series? Nah, but... Out to there win any series like that because it's not like, you know what I'm saying? Like... By them being in the position that they in, well, no, I'll take that back. Because even if they do beat the Phoenix, they're going to be whoever the winner is out of the Portland and the Trailblazer series. So I think I was just talking to a friend about this. I feel like Phoenix got the best shot at beating them at, like, until they get to the conference finals. But even if they get to the conference finals, I feel like whoever they play in the conference finals, they go beat. So I feel like they got the best shot. Phoenix is the only team that got the best shot at beating them. But I don't think I just don't think that's gonna happen. I'm just you know spending my money on LeBron. <laughs> so I know you're gonna love this, the Devin Booker fan that you are. So Devin Booker was the best player in this game: 34 points, eight assists, seven rebounds, 13 of 26 in 45 minutes in a game where Chris Paul went out due to injury. Just how talk about how phenomenal D Book was. I mean, nothing but nothing short of sensational. You know what I mean? Like, young talent. I've been saying Devin Booker was this type. He just wasn't winning. And, like, you see the difference, you know, like, certain players, they, you know, just just because you haven't been to the playoffs before, that don't mean it's going to affect you. It's going to affect how you play. Like, I, like, for example, a lot of people say Steph Curry don't show up in the playoffs, but his career average for the playoffs is, like, around, like, 24, 25. So, like, just because you don't make it, that don't mean when you hit the big stage, you're going to, like, you know what I'm saying? You're going to fold. Like, I felt like I've always felt like D-Book was that type of player that could step up in the big moment. And, you know, it's... It, I hate the fact that it was against the Lakers, but I also enjoyed it because I'm a huge D-Book fan. And it looked good seeing him ball. He was the best player on the court, no doubt. Now, Chris Paul got hurt towards the end of the game. He's going to be able to go for game two. How much of an issue, if Chris Paul is hobbled, do you think that will be for Phoenix? Um, I think it would be a, a huge issue from, this, from like a leadership standpoint, you know, like momentum. Because Chris Paul is a winner. That's one thing I, I can say. I disagreed on people having them in the MVP conversation. I feel like he ain't have no business being in that conversation. But I get what people mean. Like, if you put him on your team, like, you're, you're automatically guaranteed a playoff berth, like a playoff spot. So I think it's going to – I think it's very important because he's a very important piece to that team. And then, like, you know, it's the playoffs, so you're going to need all you need, especially if you're going to get a team like the Lakers in the first round. So – I feel like they should be very concerned. So, Kyle Kuzman, I was talking to a friend about this, and he called me and he sent me this, the box score, and he's like, what is Kyle Kuzma? Kyle Kuzma, you want to guess how many points Kyle Kuzma had, Scotty? About what, six? Zero. A goose egg. 
Uh, Kuzma's been a much maligned player. I personally don't think it's anything to be concerned about. But also, when we look at the Lakers, like, you know, as you look at what their bench did, like, you know, there's, there's a lot to be desired. Like, the bench didn't show up. Uh, you know, Kuzma gives you a goose. I mean, Montrose Herald, he actually didn't play that bad. Montrose Herald's 12 points. Uh, you know, uh, Wesley Matthews, not great. Caruso uh, was solid. Uh, but, you know, not, not necessarily the most stellar performance. Then you have guys like Akawa Pope didn't play well. Uh, maybe, honestly, they could give Drummond. How would you feel if they could start giving Drummond more minutes, by the way? Say, what about Drummond? Drummond. Should Drummond be getting more minutes? I mean, he got nine nine rebounds in 19 minutes. I mean, but that's not his fault, though. I mean, not going to say that's not his fault, but that, that's that's his fault. Like, the reason why he don't play him more is because they don't play him more because it's kind of a liability. Like, down the stretch. Because you got to think. His post defense is bad, like, and then he has no type of offensive game. He's like DeAndre Jordan, like, they get most of their points off putbacks and dunks. So, when you got a big like that versus to a big like, but when you match him up with a big like AD, you know you got a big, another big that can stretch. But AD's at his, I feel like most people would would argue that AD's at his best when his back is against the basket when he's playing the five. But the reason why they don't give Drumming the minutes though is because of the free well you know his his overall game and also free throws like about like a what seventy percent free throw shooter he got better but it's still drumming no he's not great he's not great like teams are still you feel me teams are still take that chance with him on the line so I feel like they they need to play Marcus Saul more minutes if anything yeah Marcus Saul's been buried at the end of the bench and I'm not I don't know why I don't know like I think Kyle and you know. People get on Kyle Kuzma, but he's been that that force that 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 voice in the locker room that says what needs to be said. Like he breaks it down, and he breaks it down to the media, and it, it, you see it. Like he said at one point in the season that they're not together, and like and you see it on the court. Like this, they don't even look like the same Lakers team that was, you know, joyful that always you family was around each other, did stuff as teams. Like, they probably still do that, but last year it was just a different feeling. It was a different energy. Like, you saw that, like, on TV. Like, you saw that on camera that they were more together, and I don't think you see that this year. So, as far as Kuz, though, I feel like Kuz just – he's just one of them players where his his potential got stunted because of the talent that he got to play with. He went from playing with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo to now he's playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So, like – I don't think we ever going to see what Kuzma, you know, could have been. I just think we're going to get, like, we're going to get this, like, you know, for the next couple of years. For the Lakers, what is their best end-of-game lineup? If you're the coach, God, if you're Frank Vogel, what do you think their best end-game lineup is? Well, this year is different because, you know, last year they, they moved some pieces around. But for the most part, like, I basically running how they ran last year, like, I'll have LeBron at the point. Give me Wesley Matthews at the two. Kuz at the three. AD at the four. And Mark at the five. And, and you're actually, you think it'd make more sense for them to start Marcus All over Drummond? Do you think it'd be better? You think Marcus All's better than Drummond? It's a little... As an overall big, yeah. So you think he should be starting? Marcus All should be starting? Yeah, but. 
it's also his fault too that he's not starting because he low key his his play wasn't the same. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the same vet play that they had that that was like from the year before that. So like, I mean, from two years, two seasons ago. So it's like you know, like that's not that's not their fault neither. So, but I feel like. Mark can just give him a better, just give him a better spark as a starter because he has a offense, an offensive game and defense as, as just as much as defense. Like, you know what I mean? And then when they played him, they played him some minutes. I want to say in the towards the end of the season, and he was, you know, he he provided good minutes. So I do think they, if they don't start him, they do, they need to start playing him at least twenty minutes, bro. These guys game twenty minutes. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and come next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to continue to talk about the slate of games that happened this weekend for the NBA playoffs. Come next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barcelona Sports Talk, and we still have Scotty Johnson with us as we're talking about the NBA playoffs. So, Bucks versus Heat happened uh, last night. Well, two nights ago, technically now. Uh, two nights, uh, two two nights ago, and uh, we got to see a rematch of the conference uh, semifinals, Eastern Conference semifinals from last year, where the Heat beat the Bucks. It was six or five games. I think it was five, right, Scotty? Yeah, it was five. It was they, five. No, they got him. <laughs> the poor man, they got him up out of there in five. And then we see a hard-fought game where, you know, it looks like things are going wrong. Jimmy Butler uh, gets the cup at the end, forces overtime. We're thinking, okay, are the Heat going to do it? Because I guarantee you, Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, all these guys in Miami, and Jimmy Butler, bam, they believe that they're a better team than the Bucks. So, you know, you have that environment. All, you know, game, uh, game one. Uh, of a team, two teams that have this history, and then the Bucks come out with the win. How big do you think this was for the Bucks' confidence to kind of, you know, see like, okay, right, Giannis, he went 0 for 3. The shot wasn't getting knocked down, but they were able to find a way to win the game against a team that, you know, embarrassed them last year. Embarrassed them. Um, I think it really... I think it's that it's gonna be one of them series where I don't think the Bucks gonna be satisfied unless they win because of how the way last year went. You get what I'm saying? Like they got beat, they basically got swept last year, bro. And like towards the even towards the end of the season of this season, like they they set this up like personally, like they could have easily like lost. Like I want to say like it was somewhere during the like the stretch of the season towards the end where like they had to play Miami. I want to say last. And, like, they could have easily, like, blew the game or, like, blew a couple games to see Miami, like, in the playoffs. But, like, they, they wanted Miami. And you just, you know, like, the win was great, too, because, like, they was already competitive before that. And just, you know, it just it's just great for the conference. Like, the win was just great for the conference. You know what I mean? And, like, not just for, like, Giannis, but, like, the role players. Like, they needed that. And the other players, like, stepped up. Because Giannis going to, like – some players are just going to get their numbers, like, regardless. No matter how well you defend them, some players are just going to get their numbers. But how the way they played Giannis yesterday was very good. And you got to give credit to Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton because they were the unsung heroes, especially Chris Middleton. 
Oh, uh, and Scotty, we, we talked about this. I don't know if you remember this when you were on the podcast. This is about, you know, maybe, you know, close to three months ago. And we were talking about, you know, end-of-game situations. Chris Middleton. Remember that, Scotty? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Chris Middleton, uh, he had a tough shot. Like, and, and you know what's great? I mean, I, I still find it crazy. Giannis is the two-time MVP. The two-time freaking reigning MVP. And he's like, Chris Middleton, yo, bro. Uh, you take the last shot. I feel like that, and he made, but he made it, but he made it. Uh, what we did this for his conference that you know they see them. They're they're kind of empowering him to like you know. I think he's gonna be their guy. Like I think they're going with him. And, I mean, the two-time MVP thing really don't you know. I, I'm just saying, in most situations, you would expect a two-time MVP to be that be the guy with the ball in his hands. Not really. You don't. What other situations does the two-time MVP not have the ball in his hands? I mean, if you're getting triple teams, who you gonna get? You can't get a ball, so you have to get it to somebody else. Like double team, triple team. I'm just saying, like, don't expect. Like, I feel like if you like that type of player, I feel like every responsibility like not gonna be on you. It's just like how they say, like, how every best player just because you're the best player talent wise, that don't mean you're the leader on the team. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could be the best player, but that don't mean you're great at galvanizing your team together, pulling your team together. But because I feel like most teams are built like that. Like, you got players to, that's supposed to take off the slack of the best player. You know what I mean? That's why Jordan had a Scotty. Jordan didn't check the best players for the most part. Like, Scotty Pippen had to check the best players. Like, you know what I'm saying? But Jordan was the one that, you know, it's it balanced. At the end of the day, the point is, at the end of the day, it balanced each other out. Like, Giannis carried them through the game, and then, you know, Chris Middleton carries them throughout the spirit. Giannis clutch. It's just, he can't create for himself off the dribble, that's it. But he's definitely clutch. If Giannis ever gets, like, a jump shot like that, then it's over, right? It's over, yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> if we could just give Giannis, like, Kevin Durant shooting, just imagine how that would go, Scotty. Oh, yeah, best player, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> so Scotty's like, it's a dub, it's a dub. No debate, no debate. Because you got to think about it. If he had KD, you ain't got to have KD's suicide. What if he had KD's three-point? Because I feel like his mid-range is solid for his for his size. Like, he knocked it down at a, at a rate he should be able to knock it down. Getting KD's three-point shot, deadly. So, Jimmy Butler struggled, uh, even though he, he, you know, he, he got it into overtime. Uh, I think he was like 6 of 22, not a very highly efficient game. Bam wasn't very efficient. Do you think the, the lesson from the Heat is, you know, game one on the road, and this is a better Bucks team than last year. They didn't play that well. Even Tyler Hero didn't shoot well. Like, you know, the Heat didn't play that well, and they were and they still hung around. That's the only, only reason because of that. Because Milwaukee missed a lot of key free throws. They left a lot of points on the court, bro. Especially in the fourth quarter. Like, it was a stretch where everybody missed either both of them or they would make one and one. Like Giannis had a stretch where he missed both of them. Holiday had a, had a possession where he got fouled and missed both of the free throws. Like it could have easily been up. They're supposed to easily win that game by like a good like twelve points, but they were missing free throws, and that's how Miami stayed in the game. They was hitting, they was missing free throws, and Miami was hitting threes. <laughs> that's like weird. So who do you think takes more away from Game One? Like, should the Heat be more concerned from Game One, or should the Bucks be more like, okay, we got this? I feel like Miami should be looking more like 
what do we have to do? Because now it's not gonna be like how last year. This is this is legit gonna be like a good six or seven. Like you know what I mean? It's not gonna be like that pushover. Like even if they're still guarding, Giannis the same. But Giannis playing smart to where he because he shot bad, but he still got almost thirty. Like he's supposed to have like he's supposed to finish with thirty. I ain't gonna lie, finish with like twenty six. I think twenty five or twenty six. But that's like a that's like Giannis though. You know what I'm saying? But he did shot bad. Man. I don't really pay too many too much attention on the, the shooting wise because it's playoffs. Like you know, some you gonna have good shooting nights, you gonna have great shooting nights, you gonna have okay shooting nights. Like it's the playoffs. Like you know, I expect that. And then like by being like the type of season it is, you know, the season after you know COVID and after the bubbles, like that's why a lot of these players getting hurt. But I feel like it's more so on Miami because that was a that was momentum because it was hotter where they lost. Like, they could have easily won that game too. So. I feel like it's more on my end. Pressure on my more on my end. How clutch is Jimmy Butler? Like, like, isn't Jimmy Butler such a dog? Like, like, as bad as they were, you know, like not shooting the ball well, just gets to the cup. It gets it like just talk about Jimmy, man. Like, Jimmy's just a dog. Jimmy just refuses to go home. He's like, nah, I'm just not going that's out like this. That's somebody you you would love to have on your team, but you hate playing against. You know what I mean? Like know he's always gonna even if he's not scoring and that's why i be telling people numbers and analytics bro like sometimes you can't look at it that like jimmy's hustle and heart is not gonna show on the stat sheet or something like jimmy because jimmy can have a game where he can he can have a poor shooting like but he'll definitely make the plays that count like like yesterday like he had a bad shooting night but he was definitely making the plays that count, you know what I mean? And when he drove, took it to the rim, he took it to the rim with confidence. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> He's like, I'm about to make this. It's kind of like the Chris Paul effect. Like how he affect the team so much impact, like when it was, like that personality, like it rubs off on the team, bro. And, you know, like that's 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 good leadership. And he, he got a flag for it, but you can't knock him. Like that's good leadership. And Jimmy's definitely, like, definitely a hidden gym, man. But I don't think I don't think they got enough to do it again though this year. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the series is going to go seven, uh, but I, I I think the Bucks are going to get it done. And I think this is also going to be a good test for the Bucks, a good mental test. As in the second round, it looks like they're going to face Brooklyn. We're going to get to Brooklyn in a bit, but now I want to get to the Clippers. Uh, you know, really interesting series, right? So rematch of last year's three six matchup. Uh, them versus uh, you know the Mavericks. Uh, Luca, they can't do anything with Luca. Uh, every time Luca plays them, uh, he just kills them. Thirty-one, ten, and eleven. Uh, Luca's the best player in the series, correct, Scotty? He was the best player that day. Yeah. <laughs> Is he the best player in the series? Is he? It's arguable. I can argue Kawhi turned up too, though. Do 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 you think that Luca will be the best player in the series? After all, if after all said and done, if they win, yeah. Why? If they lose. It depends on how they lose. If they lose in like six, nah. But if they go to seven, then maybe he probably be the best person, the best player of the whole series. But Kawhi, I can't give it to just Luka because Kawhi definitely played his game. It was just his team. He didn't have no help. <laughs> now something that, and you mentioned this, didn't have any help. Explain what you mean by that, because you also was talking to me a little bit off the air about this. That you know, the way they play is suspect. Uh, just the isolation ball. Can you just get into that really quickly? Um, yeah, like, it's more, it's, and it's crazy because they got Rondo. You think that would have been, like, more of a, you know, to get the offense, you know, better flowing, you know, easier to flow, make sure people are in the right position, you know, get more ball moving in there. But 
they basically play the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's crazy. And maybe it was just one game, and that's what I'm hoping because during the regular season, like they were like the top three point shooting team. So it's not like you know they're moving the ball and they're swinging it. It's just you know, I just think that like down the stretch, it gets two one on one, and like they don't have a. I ain't going to say they don't have a closer. It's just they don't have a fluent offense to where, like, they know how to close and style. Because they could have they won that game. But, you know, down, it went down to the wire. And whenever they names go down to the wire, like, they always lose. And you can't do that. Like, if you're doing that against Dallas in the first round, what you going to do in the next round when you got to play the winner out of the Utah and the Memphis series? Because you play Memphis. Memphis always play hard. You know what I mean? Like, you could – this ain't the regular season now. You can't just blow. You know, you can't just turn it on when you want to. Like, these teams are hungry, man. <laughs> and I think, oh, my bad. I just think that how the way they play, bro, is just 2-1-1 one one for the playoffs right now. And, and I agree. Their offense, to me, gets bogged down. It gets simplistic. Uh, and nothing is easy. Yeah. And, and also, I'll tell you this. Dallas, by the way, is not a good defensive team. <laughs> and it's still, as bad as they are on defense... Everything was still hard. I mean, Kawhi, like, and I love Kawhi. You know, I feel about Kawhi, but there's not a lot of separation. It's just like he's holding the ball, isolating on one side, uh, and then he's shooting a fadeaway shot. And, and, you know, you know that's a shot he has a spots, right? But, you know, uh, you know, analytically, you know, that's not most efficient. But also, like, you know, it's a tough shot. It's a tough shot. And, you know, the law of average is just saying, you know, if you keep doing that, you keep making tough shots, you know, that's good for the, the defense. And that's what Dallas wants. And it just, it, there's nothing easy. And then Paul George, Paul George didn't really show up in the first uh, half. He ended up playing better in the second half as well. We've, um, you know, everybody knows about playoff P or if he's playoff P. Uh, but I, I just feel like, you know, there's not a lot of threats offensively. And that's what I'm saying. They're not... You, you look at a team like Brooklyn or a team like Phoenix or like Philly, they're intimidating offensively. You know what, I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, they intimidate teams offensively. And like, with the Clippers, it's just like, you know, even Dallas intimidate teams offensively. Like, the Clippers just don't draw that... Just don't instill that fear, like, offensively, as they should. Like, you got... Paul George, who's, like, one of the best, you know, like, one-on-one players. Like, he ain't the, the best one-on-one player, but for the most part, he can get a shot off by himself. He doesn't need, you know, like, to – he doesn't have to have the ball given to him. He can have the ball in his hand and make something happen. But, yeah, man, like, that, you can't you can't play like that. Like, I, I feel like – and I feel bad for Paul George because it's like there's no excuses, bro, like. There's no excuses. Like, you can't have a bad first half and then play better in the second half. You know what I'm saying? They're going to need you to play like that, like, the whole time because it's, it's the playoffs, bro. Like, you're gonna they're going to need at least a solid 22 from you every night. They're going to get a solid 30 from Kawhi every night. You know what I mean? Like, that's legit. But I don't know, man. Like I said, bro, it's, it's just the team, bro. They don't look like they're, they're, like, together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't look like they're, like, team it's, it's weird how can they slow down Luca? is there any way that they can slow down Luca? we saw a lot of Paul George do we need to see more Kawhi on Luca? I feel like it just goes back to what I said earlier about like how like 
you know, you really can't stop certain players from doing what they're doing. Like, at the end of the day, they're still going to get their numbers regardless of how you defend them. I think their best way to contain them is to, yeah, throw different defenders at them. And, he, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, have this person guard them for this for X amount of time and then have another person guard them for X amount of time and then double team when he's about to go and attack them or get the ball out of his hands. Do whatever you can to keep the ball out of his hands. That's really how you beat Dallas, bro. You got to keep the ball out of his hands as much as you can. Because their offense flows through him. Like their offensive pace is based around his play. So, I feel like you got to get the ball out of his hands and make it hard for him. That's all. It's almost LeBronish the way Luke is able to control a game and do what he wants. Yeah. It, and, like, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. I think... Luca is probably the only one who could potentially got the shot to break some of LeBron's records because he ain't gonna break all of them. I don't care who, what you trying to argue. Like he's not gonna break all of them, but he is. He did break a couple though. Like you know, LeBron got a lot of the youngest to youngest titles, like youngest to break this such and such, or youngest to do that. And Luca already got a couple now, so. I think he has. He's one of the only few players that got a legit shot, at like you know, challenging LeBron on the record side. But I'm still, I still, yeah, LeBron's numbers are gonna burn like this. That's too much crazy. But Luke is definitely gonna be a problem, bro. Like MVP in the championship in the next like ten years for sure. Do we need to see more Rondo? Do you think Rondo should be starting for the Clippers? No. Another reason I say no is because. I like I like the the play that Pat Bev give, even though he's not like that type of dynamic guard. He gives you energy and he can knock down shots. He can knock down shots. He's not a shooter, but he can knock down shots. Like Pat Bev was hitting a couple of big shots yesterday, and I feel like by Rondo being on the bench, that just provides more depth for the bench because the starters already you got. Marcus Morris, you got Kawhi Leonard, you got Paul George, you got Zubac, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're depth is, I mean, their starters are set, and like, Rondo's, he's more effective coming off the bench. But he probably could start, though. So now what we're going to do is we're going to take another break, and then kind of next, add the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little bit about... Trey Young in that Knicks game with the game winner. Cut him next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Scotty Johnson with us before talking about the Mavericks and the Clippers and the Bucks and the Heat. And now we're going to get into this, the Knicks and the Hawks. So, Trey Young, 32 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, and the game winner in Madison Square Garden in his first ever playoff game. Give me a grade for Trey Young. Against a good New York team and a hostile crowd, 
Come on, man. You got to give my man some type of credit, man. You know? And it's like, I feel like the Knicks are projected to win, but I got I want Atlanta to win personally. And But Ice Trey, man, you got to get credit to Ice Trey. I told you he was top five play guard. Did you say he's top five? I ain't know if he's top five. I think the argument was about the uh, it was about the the all team NBA. I think I had my I think I had him on second. Oh, he won't be on mine. He's not gonna be on mine. But maybe I'll change it because we're gonna do it tomorrow. So I maybe I reserve the right. Maybe let me relook at it. But uh, right, you know, tentatively now. I mean, he might have a playoff series when you never know. If he went this series in the playoffs, would you look at him as differently? A little bit. No, yeah, I look at him differently. I look at him differently. Okay. Well, what? I hope you're watching this one, man. This one is gonna be a series to watch. What do you think makes Trey so special on offense? His quickness and his IQ. I ain't even gonna talk about the shot because I think you know pretty much that's what that's what he that's what he's known for his deadly three point shooter. But to me, what makes Trey Young so deadly, bro, is his his speed. Like, Trey Young really be moving, bro. He outrun everybody. And that's how I play. Like, I like, for me personally, when I play basketball, I like, I'm like, I like playing fast. I like, I'm, you know, scoring. I like, I'm scoring people to win. So, I feel like if the defense is napping, if we can, like, outrun them, I feel like I will outrun them. And I feel like he's the exact same. Like, I feel like Trey is the exact same way. The only difference is, with him being his size, he can't duck or anything, so you know he makes everything looks like effortless. But like I said, it's the degree of difficulty. Like for me, you know what I mean. Like he's almost my height, and he's able to do these things. So I feel like those are like the deadliest parts. Just his IQ and his speed. Because then when you get to the IQ aspect of the game, like the man averaged around like eight or nine assists, and then like when you look at the dimes, he be the Downs he be throwing, he really be throwing downs. Like he be throwing great passes, man. And then like he plays smart. Even when he do his nutmeg move, he always does it in a moment where he knows he's gonna score. Like he's not just doing it just to do it. So the man cold. I call him Ice Trey. He's 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 special. I can't wait to see him like, you know, in the future. I hope he like playing winning basketball for the most part. Now, Scotty. If Trey Young does not make the shot and the Hawks lose, this would have been known as the uh, Alec Burke game. Oh, he did. I saw. I was just reading the, the stats. Saw the stat sheet. He did have a good game. He didn't even start on. Oh, no, he got. Yeah, he got twenty-seven off the bench for the twenty minutes, and he dropped twenty-seven. This could have been the Alex Burke game. Wow, easily. But if he'd have missed, I, I still probably would have. Still, me being who I am, I still probably would have had. Atlanta winning it, but I don't know. I just feel like they're both New York and Atlanta, one of those teams. Like, they're both those teams that, like, it don't matter. Like, anyone can win the series, you know what I mean? Kind of like how um, it was I want to say it was 2015 when Washington played Atlanta in the playoffs. And it was like, they had like similar built teams and anybody could go off, like, you know what I mean? So I feel like that's how like Atlanta is. It's just like maybe in their first time in the playoffs, even New York in a long time, like it just anything is liable to happen. So it makes the makes the story great. more entertaining. Uh Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, they both shot awful from the field. Uh 
They, they got Randall has to play better. I mean, Randall's a guy that I think he's going to be on both of our All NBA teams, right? And the general NBA uh, team that gets released soon. Uh, Randall needs to be better, right? Like if, if New York's going to get this done. Yeah, I I I still got faith in him because this is his first time in the playoffs. You know, leading the team, being the best player, playing in that. Even though he's the whole team. Playing in New York at Madison Square isn't easy. You know, most players like it, but it's not easy. You know, everybody don't have their best game in the Garden, so you know, don't think too much. Too, ah, nothing too much of it. I just think it was the first, you know, his first playoff game, being who, being the player that he is and the proving that he made. You know, just you know, just one game. I do think he'll play better, like once the series drag on. But I ain't thinking too much of it. So now I want to get to this. So Nuggets versus. Blazers, uh, one of the more interesting series because, you know, you know the Blazers, they had the injury-riddled season, right? Nurkic wasn't playing at points. Neither was uh, CJ. Dane was having a great year. And then you have Jamal Murray out. And uh, the Nuggets were the three seed. And this is a series, Scotty. There's going to be no defense in this series, Scotty. None. This is going to be a track meet. And, uh... The Blazers pull out now. They're leading one. I just want to know your thoughts of this series and who actually do you have winning? Because this is going to be one of the hardest series to predict. I don't think it's going to be hard. I'm going with Portland. Reason I'm going with Portland because they played Denver two years ago in the playoffs and they beat Denver in seven. And me personally, since Joker is getting the MVP, I think it's going to get bounced out. I think since he's the the favorite to get the MVP, I think he's going to get bounced out in the first round. So. Oh, so how many games do you think this is going to be? It's going to be like six or seven. I still think it's going to be a good series, but my winner out this, I'm going with name Lillard Brother Chuck Blazers because, like I said, like, I think by Joker, by Joker, by the Joker being the MVP favorite, I think that's just causing more um, motivation for Portland to play harder because then they can say they beat the teams with the best player in the league at the, on their team, so... And also, like, I think it's going to be a great series, too, because it's one of those series where, like, both teams are fighting to prove something. Like, they ain't trying to prove he a winner. And then you got Joker just trying to, you know, make get over that mental side of it. You know, like, they, what, took Portland to seven in 2019, and then in 2020 they went to... Um, Conference Finals. They went to the conference finals, so you know, like at them point, at this point, it's just you know, making that that stride towards the mental aspect of it to get over the hump to win. So that's my take out of it. And then the winner, I got this Porter. That's the winner. Michael Porter went one of ten from the three point line. He, my Michael Porter's gonna have to be a little bit better. Uh, but I do want to say this: win or lose, you think it's good for him to have this experience being the second option during the playoffs? Um, wait, say that again one more time. Uh, win or lose, I think it's good for Michael Porter to have the experience of being the second option for the Nuggets during this playoff run. Yeah, any time like that, win or lose for, uh, win or lose for uh, a young player of that caliber, or just a young player in general, you know what I mean? Like, that's your time to, your time to soak up some game and, you know, and deliver what you know, so. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's good for him, win or lose, but I feel like Michael Porter, by Jamal Murray going down too, like this also put him in a position where like it's not like he has a choice, you know, he he has to step up or 
he get his job taken, you know, by somebody. They got a lot of, you know, young talent on that team that's with, that's ready to, you know, play. So I feel like when he lose, it'd be, you know, it'd be great for him. So, best player in the series, Dame or Joker? That's a good question. I think they both gonna have a, you know, I think for the most part they both gonna be consistent. But if I had to choose, what I think is gonna be the best player every night, it'd probably be Dame Lillard. But the Joker has been proving me wrong over these past, you know, the past few months. So I'm saying, you know, I've never been the type to fold. But hey. Always open mind. <laughs> so the Brooklyn Nets, they just, you know, the Celtics were at one point we were kind of leading this game. You're like, oh, is Brooklyn going to lose? Or we're going to like, what the hell's going on with the Nets? And then KD, Russ, and Hard- I mean KD, Harden, and uh, Kyrie are like, okay, let's turn up on these fools. They score. We were talking about this, Scotty. How hard it is for the skipper uh, for the Clippers to score. It is so easy for Brooklyn to, Brooklyn to score. And I don't even think they've scratched the surface of what this offense can be. Yeah, um, I agree. I was watching that game. Um, to 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 be more specific, to get a little more insight, the score was fifty three to forty seven at the end of the, the second quarter. The end of the first half, it was fifty three to forty seven. They were up six. By the time it was like seven minutes left in the fourth, I mean not in the fourth, but by the time it was like seven minutes left in the third quarter, the score was fifty five to sixty seven. Brooklyn was up. Brooklyn had went on a state went on a an 11 and 0 run. Boston missed like they first like 10 shots, and Brooklyn took advantage of it, and it showed. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't be that type of team that that make them type of like mistakes. Like you gotta be if you if you're not on poor if you're not on if you're not keeping up with their scoring or at least stopping them, you got you legit have no shot of winning. They literally won that game back because they outscored Boston. Boston couldn't hit a bucket. And you're not outscoring them. Like, And I agree. I don't even think we've seen what these players can really, really do. Like playing a full season together, I don't think we really get to see what they really, really could do. So that's, that even makes it more impressive. Do you think there's anything that can be done to slow down the Nets? Yeah, um... Your best bet is to be take is to contain KD as much as you can and let Kyrie beat you. And the reason I say Kyrie is because of his size. Like I ain't gonna lie, if they play a team like Philly, nine times out of ten, either Seth Curry or even Ben Simmons, I'm pretty sure at times is gonna be guarding Kyrie. Just because, you know, not even, not only the fact that he's a good defender, but it's just like the height-wise, you know, the size-wise. That can, you know, when you're bigger than someone, you could be physically imposing, so, opposing. So, I feel like that play a part of it. And this is one of the first times we've seen these guys, you know, play together. And it's just like, you know, Boston's not a bad team. And they just, you know, they, they kind of tear through Boston. It's like, and they go on these runs. Uh... Is there, and also the defense, by the way, the defense. The, the defense they played wasn't that bad either. Boston or Brooklyn? Uh, Boston, Brooklyn's. And they don't, and you know what's crazy, bro? They don't need to have um, the best defense. They just need to have a, a defense to where they're getting stopped. They might not stop you completely, but as long as they're getting stops and capitalizing off of those stops, 
I mean by, you know, like points off turnovers or, you know, scoring a lot of the fast break on a mismatch, you know, those easy buckets. So, and I do think, like, they had, like, a legit shot of, you know, like, giving them a hard time. But, like I said, watch after watching that game yesterday, they could, you're not, as long as them three get about 20 apiece, you're not winning. You're not winning. And, the only team I can see giving them a hard time is Milwaukee. That's the only team I see that can see them giving them a hard time is Milwaukee. So, so why and the whole NBA? Yeah. And, and why is it specifically Milwaukee? Oh, not the whole NBA. I'm just talking about the playoffs. Like you know, in the playoffs. You mean the East bracket? Yeah, the Eastern bracket. What teams in the West bracket give the, could give them issues? The Lakers. Okay, Lakers. So, so why can Milwaukee give Brooklyn issues? Why can Milwaukee give Brooklyn issues? Because they got size, and also they they defend. I'm talking about like it's individuals. It's team defense. Like it's you know help side. You help on the weak help side. You help on the weak side. Like that's a part of it. But for the most part, as far as individual defense, being individual defenders, their whole starting five can defend pretty well. And there are only like a few certain teams that are built like that, so that's one of the reasons. Okay, so next what we're going to get to is uh, the Sixers, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Had a little bit of a closer game than you might think with Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and Co., but they still got the job done. Uh, something that I really thought was interesting was this. So Ben Simmons, something we've always talked about, Scotty. Uh, you want to guess what his stat line was? What was his stat line? Uh, guess how many points really quickly that he scored? 16. Six. But well, that's because Tobias Harris scored like 40, right? Yeah. But uh, So Ben gave you six points, 15 rebounds, and 15 assists. Uh, mm. Sounds very Ben Simmons-ish, right? right? Like, that doesn't shock you. Uh, and then you also look at it, and he didn't make a three-point. Uh, he attempted, like, two uh, three-pointers, missed them both. He went 0 for 6 from the free-throw line and uh, 3 of 9 from the field. Now, the reason I mention this is because, you know, the 15 and 15 is really, really nice. But when they get in matchups like Brooklyn, uh, you're going to have to be better than that. Like, you can't go 0 for 6, you know, from the free-throw line. Do you still think this is a concern? Um. It's not that it's a good... I'm trying to make it, like... I'm trying to explain it, like... Because his game is not bad. That doesn't make his game bad, bro. Like, it's it's mental. It's mental. And I feel like... If I'm Philly, since it's the playoffs, I don't want him to... I don't want to tell him to just shoot, but, like, you know, don't just gun it. But if you got a wide open look, like, take it. Like, you know what I mean? But... Like I said, like, I don't think Ben, because I don't think we ever going to see him have, like, that offensive game to where, like, he should jumpers, you know, he scoring off post fadeaways. Even if he do develop that game, that type of style, it's not going to be into, like, future. I'm, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very concerned about it. That's something that you got to look out for. Because if you're... Tobias Harris scored 40. He's not going to do that every single night. You're going to you're gonna have to, you know, like... It's a reason why Philly... And it's a reason why, I don't, why I'm not big on Philly. Because, like, for them to win, 
you have to put the ball in the you got to put the ball in the hoop. Like it's good that you want to get your teammates involved, but at some point you got to get yours too. So I think it's very concerning that they'll fix it at the cost of a series. And Tobias, I was looking at this. Guess how many shot attempts Tobias Harris had, Scotty? Sixteen. Twenty-nine. Oh. Wow. <laughs> he thought he was Kobe up in there. <laughs> and it was crazy. I was we was having I was having a heated debate with my friend Shani about uh, Tobias Harris, and um, this was right before the Philly game cut on. I mean, came on. And when the Philly game, when he put it on the Philly game, like, he, I was on the phone talking to him. And he said, we were just talking about Tobias Harris. Scotty, he was like, he scored nine points. That was three for three in the first quarter. So, that was a, that was just crazy. Like, we were literally just talking about him. Yeah. He was going off. So, yeah. I think he heard me talking smack. And then, obviously, you know, uh, Embiid, Embiid had uh, like almost 30 on 16 shots. Embiid's playing well. Uh, Philly, I, I think that the one thing we learned is they're still Philly. I think that's the biggest thing. And then the 0 for 6 in the free throw line. I'll say it again. You can't do that if you're, you know, Ben, ben can't do stuff like that. Especially yeah. if they're going to be Brooklyn. The 0 of 6 from the free throw line can't happen. Right. And then, because I was, because the argument started with Tobias Harris, and I don't think Tobias Harris that's like consistent, that much consistent of consistent of a player. So I don't really think too much of it. But like I told him, like somebody got to take those shots. That's why they got Seth Curry. That's why they got Danny Green. That's why they got Jawel. That's why they got Shake Milton, uh, Tyrese Maxey. Like they got the players like for like to take the shots, but then they get it. Ben get it. If he don't get it, then that's on him. But I feel like he'll get it sooner. Than I think if they lose, depending on how the way they lose in this year's playoffs, it'll definitely he'll get it for sure. I feel like then we'll start seeing him like attempt more jumpers. Scotty, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, bro. It's always a pleasure, bro, and an honor. Thank you. And once again, I want to thank my brother Scotty Johnson for coming on the podcast. I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 291st episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.